And welcome back, my friends, to another episode of 15-Minute Free Thinking with me, your host, Carpo. As usual, I'll be sitting here, a hippie sipping a latte. Now, I really am sipping a latte that I made at home, grinding my own beans. How divine. I'm sitting here in the Portland area with long hair, you know, a plaid shirt, you know, a band shirt underneath, rainbow suspenders, car hearts. No, I don't have tight pants. I'm definitely not a hipster. <laughs> but uh, I would definitely fit the stereotype of a, I guess, a Portlander, if you will. Or people call me a hippie, whatever you might want to label people. And... You know, I personally don't label myself any of these things. I just consider myself just a dude. I grew up in the environment I grew up in. And um, I just tried to be the best person I could be through my life. And that's often been very difficult. And I'm sure that everybody out there has had their own experience with trying to navigate this world and having those moments of self-discovery where you want to figure out how you can improve yourself. And it's very hard when we want to put out minimal effort for real self-improvement. In years past, the times when I needed the help the most, when I was at my lowest, I sought the help the least. And I discovered quickly that this is very in line with how we deal with most situations. Most people do not, when you're already depressed, when you're already anxious, it's very hard to want to move forward and do something to get you out of that rut. It's just like anxiety causes you to not be hungry. Not eating can increase your anxiety it's kind of a conundrum in a vicious circle. Well, the best cure for depression is to get out of bed and do something, but depression makes you want not, want to not get out of bed. And I understand both of these. I understand laying awake at night, worrying about things, and it, they don't have to be big things. I listened to a phenomenal podcast the other day where it was the ex-military, uh, I don't know if it was Navy or Marines, but... He was saying some of the things in just daily, day-to-day life scare him more than anything he faced in the military, shooting people or getting shot at. It really depends on the person, but that the idea of first-world problems is not really an issue. It's not that because your problems are smaller, they affect you less. In fact, people are able to build up their stress and, you know, resist some of these negative emotions that come with our experiences in life. Having gratitude for the small things in life is perhaps the most important and the very, very, very first step towards being happy in our day-to-day life. And I make every effort in my daily life to move past the shortcomings I have and to be a better person. And I make my YouTube channel and my podcast because I want to bring that to other people. And I think about this a lot. And I've heard, I feel a lot more hope, especially in the podcast sphere, if you will. I've heard a lot more discussions about people who I regard as 
you know, uh, not intellectuals. I don't really have a word for it. I don't like the word intellectual. I don't like the word, you know, the idea of somebody being smart. Everybody's smart in their own ways. Every single person I listen to speak on the internet. I cringe at certain things. I'm like, oh God, how could they say that? Either, God, are they that dumb? Or, uh, I don't agree with that at all. But I don't hate them for it. You see, when you hear people out completely, you find out where they're really coming from. It gives you a completely different perspective. And you find that most people are on the same path. Most people have the same interests when it comes to the values and morals that we have. Be a good person. Don't harm other people. You know, do your best. You know, the, these things that are hard to really disagree with, that, <clears throat> you know, that we all want to feel like we've made an impact on the world, that we've, or at least an impact on our families, or done something in our lives that's worthwhile. You know, maybe some people don't have that, but I'm speaking to those who do. If a person has no interest whatsoever in life, I'm sorry that you feel that life is pointless, but there's nothing I can really say to people who have taken the kind of the doomer approach. It's difficult, difficult pill to swallow, but I would say, take the white pill. Here, a lot of people talk about taking the red and blue pill for, you know, paying attention to what's going on versus staying asleep. And then you've heard the black pill. That's basically doom and gloom, cynicism. There is a white pill, and people don't talk about it. And that white pill is a way to look at things where you're rational and reasonable. Not where you have to fool yourself. Not where you have to lie to yourself about the negativities that you have to face. But where you are grateful. You have that gratitude for the small things in your life that really make life worth living. And there are so many of them. The thing about desire that I've learned, and especially listening to other people who I admire, um, people who are wealthy, people who have done well for themselves, they talk about the moving goalposts of desire. And we see this clearly in billionaires. We see this in people who can never quite have enough. There's a greed that takes over in some people's minds. To be able to abandon that doesn't mean you give up on wanting to do anything with your life. It doesn't mean you say, oh, I don't care about money. You still want to earn money. You still want to live a good life and have fun. You just It just doesn't isn't the be-all, end-all of life. But for some people, it becomes that. Desire becomes a moving goalpost. As long as we're aware of that, that it's chasing the dragon. It's like heroin, you know. You can never get enough. You're always increasing your dosage and you just never, you're never satisfied. So clearing your mind of those things, and it's easy for a guy like me who doesn't have a lot of money to say that. Of course, I've never been a billionaire. How do I know if it makes me happy or not? And I'm not saying it wouldn't, but at one point or another, you have to be satisfied with what you have. And as I heard someone say the other day, if you're not satisfied with a cup of coffee, you won't be satisfied with anything. Uh, I've heard this a couple times. It's it's an old, you know, quote said many different ways. If you can't be content with sitting on a riverside and looking at a sunset, then you will never be happy in life and content. You'll put on a face of happiness. 
I have seen sunrises that brought me to tears. I think we need to connect with that appreciation again. The things that we desire, even when it comes to the things that we do want, that we think will make us happy, are often so surface. Name brand merchandise and purses, shoes. I was listening to a a discussion about pineapple the other day. And if you look over in Europe, a lot of places they had pineapple statues, pineapple carvings. Pineapple was something that represented a uh, how wealthy you were, that you could afford a pineapple, because the pineapples back then cost the equivalent of like I think six thousand uh, dollars, and only the wealthy could afford these fruits. But the minute it started being grown in the UK or in Europe, instantly those things started coming down and nobody was interested as much in the pineapple anymore because it wasn't cool. Because it wasn't rare. And rarity is one of those things that causes FOMO, the fear of missing out, which is a real thing, but really silly when you look at it. We do live in a strange time where, as I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, in my teens and 20s, it seemed like people had finally had enough of advertisements and the crap they were spewing. And when the internet became available, people really took advantage of the internet and made as many pop-up ads as you can imagine. Younger people who use the internet today have no idea how bad it really was. Of course, we've all, people have seen videos about it, but it was bad. Pop-up ads were notorious, and back then it sucked up bandwidth to the point where it slowed your computer down, and it would take a whole night just to download a song, and, uh, you, you know, but but you still loved it because you had instant access to everything and every everywhere. Um, but it hadn't quite developed yet. Once it did, it's like we started seeking out different methods of conflict and we lost this ability to appreciate, you know, what we really had in front of us. And I think that we're starting to somewhat regain that now. And I feel like people are starting to understand and appreciate how far we've really come. But, as I heard someone say, it's the oppression oppression Olympics out there. Everybody is a victim. It's pretty wild to watch. Especially from people who live in America who complain about how how effed up the system is for them, but don't really uh, appreciate the fact that even a couple centuries ago they would be living in extreme squalor and poverty and probably have nothing. Um, People can do very little and make a lot today. There's a lot of money and a lot of power and energy flowing around, and a lot of it's being siphoned up by the wealthiest, and this has become extreme So there should be more for all of us. That's no doubt. But especially the working class who puts in the real effort, you know, 
It's like they say, the contractor makes the money, the carpenter just gets a paycheck. You know, that's me. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all doing our own thing and making money for someone else. Even if you run your own business, it's, you know, paying Uncle Sam up the yin-yang for anything you decide to do. Get a license, get bonding, get insurance, pay your taxes. That's life. We deal with it. But we should still realize how much we really do have and how much opportunity that we do have. I'm an American, okay? I'm not a nationalist. I'm uh, just an American. This country is important to me, and I'm grateful for living in it. I'm grateful for the freedoms I do have. I know there's problems, but I know they're blown way out of proportion by the illusions of the Internet, which need to be shattered so people can get back to actual face-to-face conversation and normalcy again, to realize that people out there aren't like you might think they are just because you saw a video on YouTube about how Portland's burning down on fire. And I'm like, well, I was just there a few days ago. Okay, yeah, there's homeless people everywhere. (laughs) That's for sure. But let's step back a minute and say, just because we have more people reporting on the world doesn't mean we have an accurate view of it. But more than that, the most important thing to remember is that Everything, all arguments, all debates today are based on semantics and what words mean. That's what you can break most everything down to. And a misunderstanding or misrepresentation of history or very false comparisons of what's actually going on. And people become numb and cynical as a whole. And we need to get away from that. Because ultimately, we are brother, we are sister, we are one community. We are a species. All people can get along if we choose to. And this is something I've wrestled with in my head for a long time. How much can we improve our world? How much better can we live if we decide to change the way that we think overnight? And is it even possible? Or is there a certain segment of society that will always be the wild card? You know what I mean? It's like there are certain ratios within natural groups of animals and insects that don't do what you would expect them to do. So even if you have one human running around stabbing people for no reason, then you have to have somebody else who can fight to tackle them or with a firearm to put them down before they harm other people. This is where it comes down to these very complicated things of, oh, I'm a pacifist. I'm like, okay, well, a pacifist would never harm another human or animal for any reason whatsoever. So what would you do if your family was under attack? Well, you know, I I guess I just, one guy said I'd put it in God's hands. And I said, well, you are God. You're part of God. It would be in your hands and it would be your job. Not everything is so cut and dry. We can't simplify the things that happen in our life and in the world. But, oh man, do we try. I hear sirens pretty used to that out here if I lived in the inner city you know it's I live near a fire department but I think about these places where there's gunshots every night and how much worse it could be just even you know a city over from where I'm at and uh, that's another reason to have gratitude for whatever we have you know so back to the beginning to wrap this up 
having gratitude for the small things is perhaps the most important thing we can do for ourselves in our life and our sense of well-being to not overlook the things that we're given and that we do have and um, I just want to say I'm grateful for y'all I'm grateful for having a place to share my thoughts and to be able to have such an amazing group of people who comment on my videos and I want to make it clear that uh, I am making a podcast and video I know some people listen to the podcast and they don't know I have a channel so the Carpo the channel is Carpo 719 and the podcast version is 15 minute free thinking and it's on all platforms and uh, I, I know that people can't comment on the podcasts, but you can always come to the channel and comment. And I just wanted to say I do read every single comment all the way down. I have some very long, drawn-out comments on my channel. And almost at least three-quarters of the time, people apologize for a long comment. They're like, sorry for the rant. Don't apologize. Never apologize for a long comment. If you're willing to type it. If somebody doesn't want to read it, they don't have to. But I do. And I think it's amazing that people have that much to say and uh, are thoughtful in their responses to what I have to say. That means a lot to me because I don't have a lot of that. Uh, in The Internet gives us a way to connect with other people who are maybe, uh, for some people, as scientific as they are or religious as they are. For me, maybe it's just people who are as pretentious as I am who think that they, you know, can figure figure this life thing out. And that's what I'm here for is to come along on, on the ride of life and figure out how to make it work for everybody, not just myself. Because if my family's not happy, I can't be happy. And I have a very tight nuclear family. We love each other a lot. <clears throat> I would like to see an earthly family like that. And that's not some hippy-dippy bullshit, but it is how I feel, and uh, I've still got to hold out some hope. So this is the uh, Latte Sippin' Hippie, signing out. Peace and love to everybody, and I'll talk to you next time.